I have a dear friend whose name is Brian Zachary Mayer. And when I heard him preach a few months ago, the thought occurred to me, here is a young man who has something to say. His heart is right with God. He's bright. He's thoughtful. And his message was an inspiration. I want you to feel that inspiration this morning. I had asked the congregation to continue their prayer in silence, either in Hebrew, in English, or in the words of their hearts. I was praying myself, striving, struggling in my attempts to connect to the holy, stretching my consciousness to get a glimpse of the divine. I looked in front of me during this silent prayer and I found a ten-year-old standing there. I would like to meet God, she said. I didn't respond fast enough for her and she repeated sweetly, matter-of-factly, as I would imagine Alice spoke when in Wonderland, I would like to meet God. I was leading Kabbalah Shabbat Friday night services for a group of fourth and fifth graders. And I asked this young lady if we could talk after the service, and that was all right with her. After the service, we walked outside. This girl who was born in a year I can vividly recall. <laughs> and for those of you looking at me and can vividly recall 1970, we've settled that now. <laughs> She and I walked outside, sat on a low bench nearby, and we talked. She explained simply enough that she knew it was possible to meet God. The prophets had done it, and she wanted a similar opportunity. <laughs> we talked for a bit, and then I asked her, what do you think would happen if you did meet God? I gestured to the building behind us with her classmates. said, if you had met God, how do you think they would react? And she thought. She was either trying to remember stories of the prophets or logicking it out. And it came to her and she said, they probably wouldn't believe me. We talked a bit longer. And at the end of the conversation, I said to her, if you ever do meet God, do me a favor. Tell God that I say hi. <laughs> this thoughtful young lady inspired me. She inspired me to tell you what I'm going to tell you now. I've met God. I've met God. And I don't say that, meaning in meeting her I met God. I don't mean that in seeing a rainbow or a sunset I've met God or looking in the mirror. It's not that I met God when I stared at and held my newborn niece, which I can tell you was a limitless experience on its own. It's not anything like that. I met God. Now, let me explain a little. 
we did not meet face to face the way I'm used to meeting with people. We had a different type of meeting. God told me what I was supposed to know in a way I can't describe much better than God spoke to me from the inside. It was as though every cell of my body, every atom of my being was telling me what God wanted me to know. As though the message I was being told was everywhere I looked and was present in every thought that I had. There were no exact words, no specific language. Yet, yet I am absolutely certain of what it is that God said. And this is that message. Relax and enjoy life. That's what God told me when we met. Relax and enjoy life. Before I continue and explain more about the message, I want to explain a little about the messenger. True, I have been ordained as a rabbi, but that does not mean you'd be right to assume that I have always or have even ever had a true, solid belief in God. I went to rabbinical school, in fact, searching for truth with a capital T. I didn't find it. There aren't many capital T truths that the average conscious person doesn't already know. Two and a half years into the five-year rabbinical school program, I wrote a Dear John letter to God. <laughs> you know that feeling. I wrote this letter to inform God of my displeasure with our relationship. I felt I was the only one making an effort at open and clear communication. <laughs> and after rabbinical school, I came to L.A., worked as a rabbi, and even went as far as to moderate an adult education discussion entitled, and this was a great class, it was entitled, God is Dead and I Don't Feel Too Good Myself. <laughs> Yet I stand here today, a perfectly troubled agnostic, someone who fancies himself a heretic. I stand here and I tell you I've met God. And I have the chutzpah to tell you what God told me. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Enjoy life. Well, what does this mean? It means you don't need to be so serious. Life is to be enjoyed. I'm officially here to tell you. There's no reward for being the most stressed, the most miserable, the most unhappy person that you know. <laughs> Maybe there should be a reward. There isn't. But there is, there is a huge reward for being a happy, content person. You're allowed to say amen. <laughs> so you know, amen basically means I agree with that. <laughs> and I'll let you in on a little secret, at least in Judaism. You don't even have to say the whole prayer. As so long as you say amen at the right spot, you get full credit. <laughs> Relax, take a breath, enjoy life. Now, relax does not mean we can stop doing the things that we have to do, and enjoy life certainly does not mean we should be Pollyannas pretending that everything's great. 
Relax means stopping the worries we have about the things we can't control. And enjoy life means remembering to smell the flowers. Let me start more with the relaxed part. There are plenty of things a day we worry about that worrying about does no good. There are plenty of things a day we get upset about that getting upset about does no good. I'm here to tell you, and now you can say, you can never say you haven't heard it. There's no need for us to worry or get upset about most of the things we worry and get upset about. I'm here to tell you, and I'm telling you on pretty good authority. Honking your horn, cursing under your breath, being actively less than satisfied with the way things turn out is less than satisfactory. Everyone understand? <laughs> Remember this phrase if it helps. It's a great Zen phrase. Someone after the second service came up and asked me where in the scriptures it was. <laughs> the proper response to the inevitable is relaxation. The proper response to the inevitable is relaxation. Let's face it, we can't change things once they have happened. You simply can't get angry enough at a flat tire for that tire to fix itself. <laughs> Getting angry that your salad came pre-dressed when you asked for the dressing on the side. <laughs> Cursing and allowing the telemarketer to ruin your dinner. And we allow them to ruin our dinner. Once things have happened, they've happened. We don't have the option to rewrite the past, but we do have the option. We do have the choice of choosing either to get angry or to accept what has happened. We have that choice. We have the choice to be angry or to accept what has happened. I see people looking at each other going, that's you. <laughs> it reminds me of a history teacher who said, when you point a finger at someone, you're pointing three back at yourself. Similarly, the worrying we do about things that might happen in the future, that's not going with the big plan. Yes, you can worry about whether the producers liked your audition, but it won't get you anything but worry lines. When I wrote that, I thought it would really hit home much better than it did. <laughs> yes, you can worry about the things that are out of your control, and yes, it is very human to worry. It is just that God would rather you didn't. God would rather you didn't indulge your worries. God would rather you relaxed a little and enjoyed your life. Relax. Enjoy life. Now, enjoy life does not mean doing so by acquiring things, and you know that already. Enjoy life does not ever include doing so at the expense of others. Your enjoyment of life has to be something that, not, that does not come from external gratification, but comes from the inside. You have to enjoy life in the way that only those who are content with what they have enjoy life. Now, what I am talking about here, relaxing instead of panicking, enjoying what we have, it's easy to talk about. It's not so easy to do. Enjoying what we have, not worrying about the things, well, that's hard because we are human. To be satisfied with what we have, to be grateful, this is very difficult. We know that. By a show of hands, how many people here eat? <laughs> that everyone? Good. I like to ask easy questions. 
We eat two, three, sometimes more times a day. There's food, we eat it. But to enjoy life, well, that means more than just eating. It means savoring and delighting. Think about how you eat your favorite food. You know when you're eating your favorite food, you're more than just eating. How often do we lose ourselves in the food we are eating? How often when we're eating do we think about how fortunate we are? And that, that enjoyment, reflection, realization of the blessings we have, that is what God wants from us. God wants us to realize when we eat we are receiving a gift. Every time we eat we have a gift. And for that matter, every time that we breathe. Every time we are cognizant of our blessing, God delights. Every time we choose not to panic, every time we choose not to worry, every time we relax and enjoy and are thankful, every time that we trust, God hears us and God rejoices too. God only wants us to be thankful for our blessings. God wants us to realize the gifts we have and God wants us to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy life and in thanks, in return for all of our blessings, God simply wants appreciation. In return for all the blessings we have, God wants us to be grateful and appreciate what we have. And God wants the gratitude to come from our hearts, from the still, quiet place within us. God does not need any more formalistic prayers, prayers we feel we ought to give, prayers we have been taught to give, prayers we think we should give. Rather, God wants prayers of gratitude that come from our heart. Relax, enjoy life, that's the message. My beautiful wife Jane and I strive to live this way. Often when we're eating, the other will say, slow down, chew, or sometimes simply, hey. <laughs> I, I'd like to note though that the hey always has a loving look. We remind each other to not just eat, but to dine, to enjoy life. I know the loving looks we give each other to remind the other to slow down and enjoy. I know those are among the best prayers I have ever uttered. Jane and I enjoy spending time, the two of us, simply praising God by trying not to worry about the things we can't control and by enjoying life. Relax. Enjoy life. You too know God desires little more than this. Treat others well and enjoy your life as so long it is yours to enjoy. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm not saying anything new. What I'm saying has been said before by Voltaire when he said this is the best of all possible worlds. Meister Eckhart said this. He said, God wants nothing of you but the gift of a peaceful heart. Isn't that nice? God wants nothing of you but the gift of a peaceful heart. And the Baal Shem Tov, the great keeper of the good name, who the Jewish mystics quote while at times missing his message, this revolutionary rabbi taught this. He taught life is to be enjoyed, not endured. He taught God wants people to enjoy life. This was the very foundation of the Hasidic movement, enough with oppressive intellectual religion. Let religion be filled with joy and dancing and shouts of l'chaim and songs 
like you guys have here. That's religion. Enjoy life. Relax a bit. Don't be so serious. That is our duty. That's what God wants from us. Now, my fourth grade friend had figured out the problem of meeting God. You should believe me. I'm preaching the true, capital T, true word of God. No. I'm saying only what I know. And in the end, this is all that I know. Enjoy life. We each must, and I pray we each will come to our own relationship with the divine. We each must follow our own paths and pursue our own souls. I pray each of you will have your own meeting with God. And I pray that you will meet with God regularly. And do me a favor. When you meet with God, <laughs> tell God I say hi. <laughs>